0: Mash India begins a brand new series of podcasts on Hindu temple architecture. The first episode in the series is "Temple as the Tirtha," manifesting a spiritual passage. As we think of the temple, we associate it with the resonating sound of the bell, pristine silence that engulfs us, chanting sounds, the large dome of Mandapa, the towering spire, flag waving in the wind and with the passing time an unflinching sense of harmony pervades within ourselves. India, from the northern Himalayas to the southern shores and from the western Ghats to the eastern way, is home to multifarious temples, whether it is just a holy niche within the by-lanes of Varanasi, or a large temple complex with gates called Gopurams in Tamil Nadu. Remarkably, the history of Medieval India beams with the creative splendour of temples that are replete with artistic narratives. Mainly, a devotee would visit a temple or a sacred site to experience oneness with the Supreme Being or God, discovering his or her divine Self. Spirituality and dedicated devotion have been primary values for ages in our Indian tradition. Before the onset of Hindu temples, Buddhist art and architecture performed as a significant prelude in accelerating the evolution of constructing sacred sites. As observed in the Apsidal Plan of Chaitya, where Buddhist monks would meditate, the stupa is surrounded by pillars which regulate a circumambulatory movement. Isn't that somewhat similar to a Hindu temple? During the medieval period in India, Hinduism, Buddhism and Jainism were the primary religions for establishing many rock-cut shrines and structural buildings or sacred sites, where devotees arrived with an intention to wash away their sins in order to seek holy experience and cleanse their souls. Brihat Samitaha, an ancient Sanskrit encyclopedia which was written by Varahamihira around 5th to 6th century AD, elucidates the concept of a temple through the terminology of Tirthaha or Kshetra. The word Tirthaha rings several bells in conjunction with pilgrimage or yatra to a holy destination that devotees undertake for their spiritual resolutions. The Divdha or the Kshetra is the site where God resides, and such divine sites have been the medium or course of spiritual progress for the common man. Stella Cramrish, the noted Indologist and an American art historian who specialized in Southeast Asian art was one of the compelling researchers of Hindu temples. In her book, The Hindu Temple, she explains that Tirtha as a word means passage or a ford, and it is through the passage of water that a devotee could refine his or her senses to arrive at the centre or gain higher inner realization. Is this centre a centre of the soul or consciousness? or something that is beyond our sensorial grasp? Is the devotee who seeks inner realization on an incessant journey of life and death? We have often observed that it is customary to wash our feet with water before stepping inside the temple, or in some cases, Garbhagraha. Fundamentally, water as a purifying medium is a crucial preparatory step to encountering the presence of the Divine. Moreover, it is a way to immerse oneself into the primal, unadulterated cognitive state. Vishnu Dharmottara Purana, an ancient textual source, remarks that a temple should always be built beside a water body like rivers, ponds, seas or on mountains. And if there is an absence of a natural source, it is essential, symbolically, to place three jars of water in the centre of the temple. From the Brihat Samhita, Kramrish explains, The gods always play where groves are near rivers, mountains and springs, and in towns with pleasure gardens. It is such a place that gods love and always dwell in, while water purges our soul. The ascending structure of a temple implants an ineffable sensation that soars within. A Hindu temple consists of several structures ascending from the broadest platform to the tapering tower, gliding our eyes to the farthest point of the edifice. Generally, a temple has had a standard configuration which comprises a spire, a common mandapa to pray, and the central room, which houses an idol of the god. However, the present familiar temple structure is the result of an iconic evolution over the last one and a half millennia. From just a room to place an idol, to expanding to several spaces for performing rites and rituals, the temple structure, although complex, symbolises a patient and persevered process of reaching the depth of the human mind. Interestingly, the human mind is a Tirta too, the depth of which is an abode of truth and reality. Thus, it is called Manas Tirta. Kramrish explains, Temples are built where Tirthahas are. Their towering shapes to the last point of their height team with forms which have the urge and fullness of Indian nature. Step by step, level by level, they lead the eye and mind of the devotee from this world to the worlds above. Let us now understand the structure of a Hindu temple part by part. The lowest layer of the temple is the ground over which rests the superstructure. The ground which serves as the platform is divided into three layers. The lowest one is Jagati, above which is Pitha, and the topmost is Adithana, also called Vedibanda. The superstructure which comprises of floors, pillars and walls of the temple rests on Adithana. As we move forward, we shall first identify the centermost room of the temple, Garbhagraha or sanctum sanctorum, which houses the idol of the god or goddess. After receiving the darsana of the divine figure, a devotee steps out into the mandapa, a large hall that may eventually conclude with the door or gate to the temple. However, as the technique to construct temples evolved, there arose a vestibule between Garbhagraha and mandapa called Antarala. The Antarala is the bridge that connects the secular to the sacred. Before we move ahead in Mandapa, we circle through the Garbhagraha on Patha, or the circumambulatory passage. As the temples evolved, more Mandapas were added. The Antarala leads to the first Mandapa called Mahamandapa or Guda Mandapa, followed by a smaller mandapa known as Ardha Mandapa. The Mandapa then concludes with the door or dwar and staircase. Also, some temples possess yet another mandapa between Mahamandapa and Ardhamandapa called Rang Mandapa, where musical programs like bhajans, kirtan, etc and dance are conducted. Having covered the rudimentary idea of the base and middle part of the temple structure, we shall now look at the shikara or the towering spire and its subdivisions. In some temples, there are multiple small shikharas on the surface of the spire which are termed as shranga shikara. The lower shranga shikharas are known as karna or the corner shringas and the upper ones are Uru Shrangas. The layer above Shrangas appears in the form of a cogged wheel, which is called Amalaka, on top of which rests Kalasha. Notably, Kalasha is a symbolic presence of water, the passage through which a devotee experiences refined consciousness. The nomenclature discussed here majorly belongs to the style of temple architecture prevalent in the north of India. Although the southern style is similar, the terms, textual sources and plan considerably vary. We shall discuss the same at length in the forthcoming podcasts. Kramrish describes the temple as a monument of manifestation. But what does the temple manifest? Is the form of the temple a representation of formlessness? How do these structural units and decorative elements manifest a creator concept? The Hindu temple is considered a manifestation of the cosmos. Interestingly, the Greek word cosmos means order. Adam Hardy in his book The Temple Architecture of India explains. From an early date in India, cosmic order is often seen as integral to the human body, mind and spirit. The human being is a microcosm. The interpretation of Hindu temples, which are also associated with the human body as symbols of the unfolding universe is certainly reinforced by the observation that they share an underlying scheme with many accounts of cosmic emanation. Depicting all forms of life, representing the ideology of secular and sacred, and inspiring a psyche toward of materialistic nature focusing on spiritual progress, the temple is a representation of the entire Brahman or universe. It represents all kinds of worlds like Prithvi, Swarg, Patal and Akash. The walls, pillars and platform of the temple showcase diverse styles of creating and sustaining biodiverse life. Hence, the platforms in some cases, like the Lakshman temple in Khajrao, are relief sculptures of copulating figures. We shall learn in detail about the iconometry and iconography of these forms and patterns on the temple in the next podcasts. Ramachandran, an Indian art historian and a Sanskrit scholar, wrote, The creation of the Indian temple was the result of man's urge to express himself or give expression to his divine self. The traditional Indian texts compare life with an arduous pilgrimage. Death, for life on the earth, is just another junction to be reborn and resume the sacred journey. Towards enlightenment or moksha. So, with the end of this podcast, we have come to understand how the pilgrimage site, the temple, became a mode of transpiring the journey to experience moksha and gain supreme knowledge. The next podcast shall exclusively elaborate on how the construction of a temple was executed through the ground plan called Vastupurash Mandala. What changes in the ground plan led to the development as well as the evolution of the temple structure and complex? And why was a temple associated with a human form? In addition, it will highlight the major styles of temple architecture that were prevalent in medieval India. Stay tuned!